and another week is in the books. And another Piss Cats L is in the books. I mean, it's becoming comedy at this point, but you know what? We're going to keep it fucking rolling because what else do I got to offer on this world besides talking to myself about fantasy football in my room and losing in that league that I tried to sound smart at? I'm losing bad, too. This isn't, you know what I mean? Like we're barely hitting 300 points here, boys. What are we doing here? here? Oh. Um, it was an interesting week, top to bottom. Um, I would say that, uh, as you guys will see, there were some games I didn't expect the outcome to be what they were. And I'm trying to think of like big fucking news that happened this week. I mean, Tampa stunk. Tampa stunk. Can't talk. Um, trying to fucking think of what comes to my head. Craziness in some fucking games here with like the fucking Cardinals and the Vegas game that was just fucking bonkers. Um, and then honestly, like the fucking Ravens and Dolphins game, fucking two attack of Aloha is an absolute tank. I mean, maybe not a tank, but you know what I mean. I don't know. I'll stand by it. And if you want, look up two attack of Aloha throwing the ball with the screen flip. When he looks like he's a right-handed QB, I saw that video, dog. I near shit my pants. Man was throwing fucking darts. He looked fucking elite. Maybe it's just my eyes playing tricks on me with his left-hand shit. You know what I mean? Maybe my eyes make it look like he ain't throwing, but he's throwing. Like he's throwing heat. I don't know. Anyway, we're going to hop right into the fucking... I don't even know what the fuck it is. Predictions. Yeah, there we go. See you later, boy. Lick my tiny rig, it smells really good. I'm trying to think of like a like a jingle to go along with that little I don't know what to call that. Scene splitting music. Or segment splitting music. I can come up with good lyrics for that. But I don't know. Fuck that. We're gonna see how fucking bad I did last week and holy piss. Ladies and gentlemen, I went one and five on my predictions last week. The only game I got right was Rich beating me. I got every fucking other game wrong. Dang. Three and nine on the year. So as always, broken record, but let's repeat it. I am three and nine on the year. Do not take offense if I pick you to lose. Probably means you're gonna fucking win. Alright? You should probably be taking offense if I pick you to win at this rate. Fuck. Anyway, we're going to hop right into it. It's me versus Furley this week. You know the drill. Furley's going to wipe the floor with the Cats. The Cats can't even fucking put up 300, barely. Both of our QBs that we fucking got ripped off for are fucking out there just putting up 20 points. A, man. A. And now I'm going to have to play another shitter at flex three. A, man. What do you want from me at this point? I would have got wiped with Furley last week. Probably going to get wiped again this week. It ain't the fucking difference here. We're going for first overall again, I guess. Uh, next, we got Neller versus Knack. It'll be an interesting one. A um, couple kids here with fucking high aspirations for their careers in fantasy football. But um, I think overall, I was very, very, very impressed with Knack's team. Uh, my, you're welcome for Garrett Wilson. Like, fuck. Fuck, man. 
I knew he was going to be disgusting, and I traded him for a fucking old man, dog. Like, that's not good. That's not fucking good, dude. Um, I was just super impressed with the next team, though, this week on a real note, and I think there's a couple question marks here, like Matt Collins. Nell, are you really, like, going to play Matt Collins? I mean, I don't even care if Renfro's hurt, dog. That's just ballsy. I'd play Russell Gage over him. You have Chase Claypool on your bench, and you are going to play Matt Collins. You know what, man? Good on you. But for that reason alone, I'm giving this fucking one to Mac. So we're going to move on to the next one. We got fucking Brody versus Moose. And um, Moose undefeated still on the year. Uh, coming off his championship win. And the kids, you don't got that championship hangover. And you would think if anyone's fucking having a hangover, it's the guy who slams fucking six pints before every class. But nope. The boys are starting off strong. They're 2-0. Um... But unfortunately, uh, I don't have you winning this week, Moose. And could be multiple reasons for it. But you know what? I just think uh, I like BG's team more this week. So it ain't it ain't the diss. It ain't nothing like that. Um, it was good to see a little more of JD McKissick last week. That's for sure. Um, you know, Brown obviously is wide receiver sixteen on the year, so you can't fucking go wrong there, can you? But um, it's going to be interesting to see whether that holds up or not because I feel like sooner or later, Noah Brown will slap you with a gooser and it costs you a game. But, I mean, until Gallup is back, which could be this week, albeit on a pitch count, but he will return. I've seen he's making good progress towards that, so we'll see. Keep an eye on it. But, um, yeah, be interesting. Um, regardless, I think, like, uh, BG Squad a little more. Um kind of just how it is. I think that it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the Niners running back situation with uh, Davis Price out, whether they just lean on Jeffy Heavy, whether they go Jordan Mason, Jeffy Wilson, a little fucking split action, who knows? But, like, uh, it'll be something to keep an eye on. But at the end of the day, I think that uh, Moose undefeated season comes to end. Very well can keep going, though. What a story that'd be. He told me last night he don't think he's ever started 2-0 in the league, so that's I don't know. Take with, do with that information as you must. All I can fucking say. All right, we got Bruce versus Tinky, Slinky, Binky. Um, honestly, man, good for Bruce because he's got fucking like depth on his team, like real depth. Might be one of the best depth teams in the league, honestly. Uh, but he's playing another guy who's got some depth on him. A guy who was last year, last week, having too much depth, honestly, cost him. And that's the problem with sometimes having too much depth. you got to make these tough decisions, and a lot of times those decisions cost you your fucking games. So they can make you win, but fuck. I've always been one that likes to have a decent bench, but not a player on the bench that's going to give me a decision. Like, I'm not looking forward to ever having a pick between Gallup and Lockett at any point in this year, like, so match, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's not like I'm picking between two good fucking unreal guys, but it's a decision that can still win or lose you your game. And Trent saw that very first hand that week, last week. But uh, this week, Ben versus Trent, I think Trent, bounces back, learns from the mistakes. Um, I don't think he's learned from the mistake at all because MVS is still in there and he's over Juju. So let me pull up the fucking stats here. Let me pull up the fucking stats here. 
They both had 3.5 last week. And if you're keeping MBS in the plug-in lineup because he's got three more projections on ESPN, you're a fool. He stinks. I'm not saying fucking Juju's fucking God, but geez, man. I don't know. Even fucking DJ Chark's been a bit of a letdown last week, but first week he looked all right. I guess he had four targets last week, so that's not the worst, but damn. Anyway, yeah, I'm giving it to fucking Trons. I think he'll bounce back, but MBS, get him out of there, man. You already fucking learned. You didn't learn from last week. Damn, dog. We got uh, Rich versus Clarky here. And uh, Clark, a team that I was extremely high on going into the year, haven't been able to, you know, get the wins yet. But I think that uh, he has a chance this week. Um, I'm, like, still very in on T- Clark's team. I think, like, it's before they get the full strength with Dobbins or whatnot and stuff, that's going to be really when... I think they start fucking going, but he's going to potentially be without Mike Evans this week. Um, the fuck is Mike Evans allowed on the IR if he's suspended? What the fuck is this right now? Eh? Clarky's fucking bending the rules. Let's catch this shit ready. What is going on? Uh-huh. All right. You know, you're lucky that I picked you to win this game, but after seeing that, Mr. Gary, I don't know how I feel about that. Maybe I should switch it. I'll let it go. You know, I bought this thing with Dollarama. It's um looks very bad for your health. It's just um a sour blast, like looks like a little grenade thing almost, and you just squirt it in your mouth sour liquid. Almost like if you were doing the crystal light challenge on demand. I don't know why I'm still putting it under my body, but Thought I would just let you guys know. If I sound a little weird, like I'm spraying this shit, man. It's fucking just good. I don't know. I wonder if you can hear it. Probably not. But fucking tastes good, dog. I should recommend. I ain't a fucking... I'm not like Clarky in the Manscaped. Like, I'm not on commission here. But the Sour Blast is bomb. Dollar Amber. Right when you walk into that market mall, you're leaving the checkout area. Look right to the left. Just see him. Swear to God, dude. I might even go and get the different flavors today, for all I fucking know. You know what I mean? End up with rotten teeth falling out for the next five years, but... Anyway, back to the subject here. Yeah, I'm going to give this one to uh, Clark, just because I'm tossing the kid a bone. I think uh, the boys can do it. I really do. And... Honestly, for him... Logan Thomas might be fucking better than Dalton Schultz anyway, but you fucking kidding me right now? He is better than him in this year. There you go. I'm mean, getting that much worse, kid. So we're going to go on to Sandy versus Legro. No offense to Leg. Big win for the fucking kid last week. Fired up, but um, call me crazy. Call me whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a fuck. I know I'm all of the above. I'm still in on the dog fuckers, dude. Like, I don't know what that noise is out there. I don't know. But I'm still in on the fuckers. I think they're going to win this week. I think they're bouncing back after a disappointing week two. That is my predictions for the week. Yeah, fucks. Well, shit segment is about to begin. And you know what? 
I may have absolutely shit the bed last week on my predictions for the games, but I actually did decent on my Welsh shit. For my Welsh, I had Alan Robinson, and I forget exactly what I said, but you know what? I, I just said he wasn't going to be shit, I'm pretty sure. Like, and you know what? He wasn't shit by any means. He wasn't. Probably had more points than Tom Brady, so take it as you fucking will. Um, my next well, I had DeMont. DeMont had a great bounce back week. Um, I wasn't ready to completely write him off. I do think Khalil Herbert is good. Put it that way. I take with that information as you will once again. I love saying that, but just uh, do with that information. Whatever the fuck it is. I don't give a fuck. I'm just saying that, listen, I'm not saying Khalil Herbert and DeMont no 50-50 split. I'm saying I think Khalil Herbert has potential to steadily eat into DeMont's touches throughout the year. I'm not going to say like it'll ever become a full 50-50, but I think that if Khalil Herbert looks good, there's nothing wrong. Like, every team does it pretty much. Like, you know, the fucking guy's coming in. So if Khalil Herbert can continue to do stuff with his touches, it's not like he's not a desperate bi-week flex play, you know what I mean? Like, in our league. But it's at the same time, like, I'm not worried completely about it. Just like, in my opinion, just how I feel. I think that David Montgomery is safest, completely safe, nothing to worry about if you have Khalil Herbert. If you don't have Khalil Herbert, I'm just like, that's one of the handcuffs in the league. I've said it from the beginning that I want a pair with a running back that I have. Like, you know, I don't care about all the handcuffs in the league. There's a lot of them where it's like a multiple handcuff situation where it'll be a committee handcuff situation. And it's like, okay, if this guy goes down and three running backs have to pick up his fucking shit, I don't care if I get one of those running backs because they're not going to be anywhere near what I'm replacing. Like, yeah, sure, it'd be nice to have that lineup filler, but it's not like it's going to be saving my season. I will still be greatly fucking wounded, and it's just like I'm not going to go out of my way and reach for something like that. Khalil Herbert, on the other hand, looks good. Still like DeMont. Don't know what to expect going forward, but I thought he would definitely have a bounce back week. And honestly, man, that game I had it on and off, so I wasn't really paying attention that fucking much, but... Just looking at the numbers, I, I'm assuming he just broke off a couple big runs. But still, man, that's what he does sometimes. He's a fucking little bowling ball, but he can fucking move, dog. Like, he's really rounded back. Like, so, I don't know. A few months a good kid. You know what I mean? Good horn, everything on him. So, next we're going to say I had Justin Herbert on my well. And it wasn't, on a fantasy perspective, a blow-away Justin Herbert game. He's had better games. Judging what he had to deal with, though, the kid couldn't throw a ball two yards, and then the next play, he threw a 40-yard dot. So, I don't know. Maybe he was faking or some shit, dog, but, like, the clout. But, I don't know. Regardless for what he was dealing with, I think you will take 45 points if you're Furley and be more than fucking happy with that. Because I had a healthy Tom Brady who doesn't have ribs, and he got less than half of that. He had 20 points. So, Justin Herbert with broken fucking ribs going out there getting 45 points kind of tells you, all right, kid can play. Fuck. Life sucks. My shits, I had Darnell Mooney. I ain't even going to get into it, dude. It was fucking, like, I'm not going to act like no genius for saying that a wide receiver fucking three on some teams in the NFL wouldn't be able to get open against Jair Alexander. And I'm all, I'm all fucking in now. I'm hated about the Bears just because I'm seeing how this fucking season's going to start going. And I already fucking see people like you, Lek, out on fields. Man, we tried to warn you. I tried to warn you, motherfuckers. In fantasy, sure. I thought he'd be a little better. I ain't going to cap. I thought he'd be running a bit more just because of how shit that fucking team is as a whole. But listen, I'm trying to warn y'all, this is not a fair assessment year of fields. Like, this is not low. Like, there were people, casuals, looking at their fucking roster before the fucking season and saying, Fields is done. 
Like, you can't go out there with Darnell Mooney, Velas Jones, and Byron Pringle and a second-year quarterback in a first-year system and expect to win football games or expect them to look good. There's just, just no, it's not going to happen. It won't happen. I don't give a fuck who it is. could be fucking second-year fucking Patrick Mahomes, and you don't throw him in an Andy Reid fucking scheme with Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, all these fucking Sammy Water, all these fucking plug-and-play guys who are actually fucking good. But yeah. Just go, you know what, man? I ain't even gonna say Justin Fields. I'm not saying Justin Fields is Patrick fucking Mahomes. I'm saying that situation for quarterback is like 85% of the fucking battle. I don't give a fuck about, like, unless you're a completely experienced quarterback like fucking Tom Brady, you've been playing for 15 years or some shit. Maybe you can make it work with some, like, lower end receivers. Like, he had a couple bad years there in New England with some rough receivers. But listen, as a fucking young quarterback, there is nothing more you should be focused on than getting playmakers around the guy because the last thing you should want is your young quarterback who's a fucking second-year player to go and have to carry the load for you and make plays on his own. Like, you have to help the kid out. Mahomes had absolutely everything. He had the most, like, the best transition you could ever imagine. Like, he wasn't thrown in as a rookie in the middle, like, with Dalton Fields fucking swapping with them getting hurt and that's a disaster for Fields to begin with because according to the Bears management last year, we have a plan. We're sticking to the Matt Nagy. We have a plan. We're sticking to the plan. We're going to do it like we did with fucking Pat and KC. Justin isn't playing this year. And then he was fucking playing in a less than fucking, what, a month? So you can give fucking Mahomes the benefit of the doubt and sit him for an entire year behind Alex Smith. No fucking repercussions. The guy soaks everything in. He comes in into the next fucking year. Looks phenomenal with an actual good offense around him with pieces that you can throw to and not have to worry about them you get no separation but he you know that's just what i'm trying to show to people darnell mooney as far as i'm concerned he is not a fucking wide receiver one on an nfl team and the bears offense as a whole i don't know man if your quarterback has fucking like less than a second to pass you're a wide receiver you don't you're not a lot of your fucking routes like darnell mooney needs a long longer than a second on majority of his routes to get open it's not a good recipe. I was honestly, the part of me was like, maybe Fields Mooney could be decent, but like, I don't know, man. For as long as Darnell Mooney's going to be matching up against a corner one that's just a lot better than him, like some, like he's going to play Jair Alexander twice a year right there. Like, fuck, those are wash-off games. Like, whoever has Darnell Mooney when they play Green Bay next, and if Jair Alexander is healthy, it, <laughs> fucking, you know you can expect under 10 points from Darnell Mooney. Like, you should be. That's why I had him at shit. And you know what? Stand by it. And he did do shit. What do you get? Negative fucking yards? There you go. Next, you have Tampa. Don't even get... I'm already pissed now. I'm rambling. Now you're going to get me started on Tampa. I'm not even going to do it. Fuck it. Giselle, this is your fault. Let the fucking kid play. All right? Because it's not his fault that he wanted to keep playing football, dog. There's a problem with this, man. This guy's out here going out and picking apart cover four and cover six defenses with his fucking brain. And because you have a sexy-ass bod, you think you can just go and be a model and shit, and that's a lot harder, and you have to put stuff... Tom, man, Tom's that dude. You gotta respect it. Let him play. I guarantee you, look at him. He looks like he's dying at the pros, at these pressers, dude. What have I done? I didn't think it was that bad. I was hoping it was plastic surgery. It ain't. The guy's dying. And the stress is eating him up. And we're fucked. And I should put Tom in shit for every week until he actually gets this fucking loaded offense. And he... mm, 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 mm. It's funny to me what Tom Brady is the second all these fucking goaded offense around him disappears. 
What, does he really need Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones, Antonio Brown to be fucking half decent? Well, at the second you throw him with a fucking wide receiver core like Justin Fields has, he can't do shit? Oh, wow. I'm very surprised. I'm very surprised. Fucking bullshit, dog. Don't even get me started with that. And then the last shit, I had Hendo. I mean, fuck. What did Hendo do? I think he actually got outtouched by Akers, didn't he? So that's... Honestly, man, listen... I'm going to take a win when I can get it in this fantasy season. I'm not winning the games. I'm not winning on predictions. If I can win a Wells shit, I'm going to brag about it. So lick my whole taint. So this week, though, we're going to go on with my Wells. Obviously, we're doing one QB, one running back, one receiver for each well. And shit. My well this week is going to be Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's been a rough start fantasy-wise for A-Rod. I honestly just think he's going to bounce back with like a 40-plus point game this weekend. So we'll see. Rolling the dice there. Next, I got DJ Moore. Um, I'll agree with Leg on the part that's been disappointing. Um, the, I, I just don't understand completely, like, what is completely happening. I mean, I, I know last year when this season opened, right, DJ Moore was hot. DJ Moore was clicking. There was a new QB in Sam Darnold. But a part that's getting kind of lost in translation is the scheme was different. They had Joe Brady as their offensive coordinator who didn't end up making it through the entire season, which was surprising to me. But they bring Van McAdoo in now, and it's just a completely different scheme. So that's where I think I kind of look at it. Like you can't expect DJ Moore to be the same DJ Moore. It's a good chance they're just not using him the same. You know what I mean? And whatever it is, I don't. I haven't really looked into it that much, to be honest. So I don't have any basis to the claims but it's just how I look at it from the outside looking in it's a new offensive scheme and a new quarterback you just can't expect DJ Moore to be the same DJ Moore that he was whether or not Baker's better than Donald whatever up to y'all I don't give a fuck I have gone with his fucking shit but I'm just saying maybe Donald does have a connection with DJ Moore that Baker doesn't would make sense because Donald was there actually for a lot longer than Baker was when went out and got him they like I said man they traded for Baker way too late Said it from the start, and I told people from the start that I don't like the fit of Baker in Carolina. Like this, to me, doesn't entice me. Maybe it was the only remaining best fit, but it still wasn't a good fit. There, you know what I mean? It just wasn't. I don't think that exactly. I don't know. It just seems like a really discombobulated offense at this moment, just from watching it a little bit. And yeah, I don't know. I could have seen it coming though. Don't need a crystal ball, okay? I'm a fucking, I'm a genius at this shit, dude. My well shits. You don't want to fuck with me, dog. And then my next well is going to be Josh Jacobs. And here's the thing, man. Credit to Rich on this one. Um, Josh Jacobs is a running back I was completely out on going into the draft. I heard a lot of shit that he just wasn't the guy anymore. Um, This was going to be a very open-ended committee. Just how McDaniels had done it in New England. It's just, you know what I mean? They have specific backs for each. Whatever they're trying to do. They have a two-minute drill back. They got a freaking scat back. They got a freaking between-the-trenches runner. I was scared of that. Can't lie. Maybe McDaniels was just trolling because through two weeks, Josh Jacobs has 30 carries. He's honestly getting work. And it's not like they're trying to erase him out of this offense at all. It's not, you know, I I do know that they had, who the fuck was it that, um, that got fucking hurt? Was it? Brandon Bolden got hurt last week or whatever, so maybe that could have something to do with it. But, dude, it's Brandon Bolden. I don't know how you put him on the field over Josh Jacobs. Like, I know that they're weird like that, but I don't know. 
just how I kind of see that situation. I think Josh Jacobs has a good week this week, especially because, like, on top of everything else, man, Josh Jacobs wasn't even remotely bad, and now this week he's going to go play a Tennessee offense that – I mean, defense, sorry, that just – yeah, they did all right against whatever carries they had to face for Devin Singletary early on, but I think that Las Vegas will be a little more adamant on running the ball opposed to the Buffalo Bills who come into games pretty much open-endedly like, hey, we ain't going to run the ball. We're just going to pass on you fuckers, and there ain't going to be much you can do about it. So, like, I think that's kind of the thing that looks different from Jacobs in my perspective is it's good to see that he's actually getting work. You know what I mean? Like, very good. And, like, a lot of it. Like, it's not like he's just getting, like, five carries, six carries, and they're just trying to literally, like, keep him involved. But he's getting 15 carries a week. So, I don't think you can ask for too much more, judging what we heard coming into the year. But at the same time, it could still go up from there. So, that's good to see. We're going to move on to the shit. So, my first shit is going to be wide receiver Amari Cooper of Cleveland. And this is only because Truns didn't play him last week. And Amari went off. And now because Trund is going to play him, he's going to shit the bed. Because we just know that's how fantasy football works. And I know how the gods work. So I'm trusting the gods to work. All right? There you go. Next ship. Sad, man. Quarterback. Um, this is very easy. This isn't even like a shot in the dark. It's. I just didn't think... Um, He's going to flick it. Like, it wasn't the best year last year for Matt Ryan, but I also thought that could have potentially been the fact that Atlanta's O-line, not very good. Their receiving targets, obviously, were not the same as they were. Like, he had Kyle Pitts and Ridley stepped away really early in the year. Um, And then they had Patterson, I guess. And I'm very much so trying to think of, like, the wide receiver, too, and it... I think I'm just blanking, dude. Like, they had Pitts, and then I, was it, like, was it, like, Olamide Zacchaeus? Like, was he actually the wide receiver, too? Like, I could just be blanking and completely forgetting someone, but, yeah. So, I thought that had something to do with it. Turns out, Matt Ryan is just shit now. And <laughs> there's not really much we can do about it except just kind of look at it and say, hey, man, you used to be a good player. And there's not much else we can do at it, but look at the Colts and just laugh. And because, you know what, man, I don't give a fuck how bad Carson Wentz is, how inaccurate he can be at times. It just, to me, doesn't make sense. Just statistically, to look at Carson Wentz's numbers and say, well, we're going to take a chance that this older quarterback can be what he was six years ago for us for a couple years here. And, you know, just hope that an old quarterback gets better as time goes on and doesn't lose a step, gains a step. Yes, that didn't work. Um, don't get me wrong, Carson could probably go down with, with an injury next week. But, yeah, I don't know. Matt Ryan is, that's a very tough situation. On the bright side, Ben has him in fantasy, but he also has Pat Mahomes. So you can hope on most weeks that Pat Mahomes will be able to carry Matt Ryan's sluggish load a bit. But, yeah, that'll be something to keep an eye out on for is the Indianapolis Colts this year with a even shittier quarterback than they had last year. So... Last, we're going to go with Chase Edmonds. Um, and you know what, man? Maybe Chase Edmonds, like Clark, you said. I don't know. He's the fucking Dolphins insider we got. So he says that Mike McDaniel, each week, will pick a running back that he's going to install the game plan around. So maybe each week we are going to have to be throwing blindfolded darts at which of the two running backs is going to get majority of the work for Miami, which could be a train wreck for Mac and Neller. However, 
I think that this week um, I'm just out on Chase Edmonds again, just not even because, like, he could be the guy. They could literally give him the ball 15 times this week, and I will still be out on him just because he's playing Buffalo. So, obviously, he can't do it. I'm not even saying that Miami's going to lose. I'm just fucking saying that, like, I think that that's a fucking thing that has to be taken into account is playing a fucking tough defense, um, especially when you're Chase Edmonds. You know what I mean? In a pass-heavy uh, pass-first offense. And I mean, fuck, man, look at that Tua dog. Look at him go. Just saying. That's my well shit for the week, so yeah. And we will finish it off with the awaited power rankings. You know what? I say this a lot, but this week, there's been a lot of movement in the power rankings. A lot more than usual. It's so early in the year. And dude, this was one of the hardest power rankings I've had done to, I've had to do today. It's, um... It, it, I try to take not take record into account too much. Um, it's, we're only two weeks into the year, but at the same time, like it's two and O teams. I think can't, regardless how I feel about them, I don't think I can say they're not playoff teams. Um, and there's something when two teams that, like, as in my opinion, you haven't won a game on the year. Maybe you should be in the bottom four, but I don't necessarily feel that way about the team. Like I think like on paper, the teams are maybe top four team, you know what I mean? But I'm just going off of points scored in these first two weeks, points against kind of like looking at the match. I try to take it, everything into account, be as non-biased as possible. Um, it is going to be a shakeup this week though. Just fair warning, but very easily. We know that the cats are number 12. Um, they've been absolutely struggling. They can barely hit 300 each week. The lineup isn't fucking getting healthier. And I mean, like, listen, can't keep throwing darts at a flex too all year until I wait for an actual good one to get back and then, you know, look at number 0 and 4 and we're chasing for the rest of the year and then have to avoid injuries on top of that. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Not good to start 0 and 2. You obviously, um, you op- like, like you got the panic button on your desk and it's covered by that, that glass case. And when you go 0 and 2, you just lift the glass case up. Like, you're not ready to completely hit the button, but you're like, damn, one more shit happens and I'm hitting it, dog. You know what I mean? So, that's how I feel right now. But, I'm going to dwell on that. Number 11. Um, this is really weird because this is a team I had in the top three, like, two weeks ago. But, Clark, 0-2. Uh, it obviously hasn't been a good start to the year at all for Clark. He's probably expected a little more. I mean, I don't think that Dobbins not being there is what's holding the team back. It's just been some underperforming um, players. But just overall, I think that, you know, Clark does have the least amount of points for in the league right now. And also, like, it's not like he has the most points against, something like that. Just the team hasn't been scoring as many points. Um, I think that, you know, with time, they get better. They will, obviously. But as of right now, just with the other teams and how close everything is, I just couldn't make the case. You know, couldn't do it. Couldn't make the case, Keenum. Couldn't fucking do it. Um, moving up two spots from the last, last week. We got Legro. Picked up a win this week. Um, albeit his opponent, you know, didn't have to put up the biggest amount of a fight against him. Um, but it was still a good week. You know what I mean? Uh, from Legro's team. Uh, I think that especially putting up 350 with, you know, Darnell Mooney dropping a gooser is, you know, pretty good. So it'll be something to keep an eye out on. 
the problem with Legros team that kind of scares me is um, just maybe like the depth is a little lower than some other teams, but a part that will help Legro out very soon, maybe the next couple of weeks, two to three weeks. Um, Brian Robinson, bulletproof Brian, he'll be coming back. Um, surely will be a good boost there for Legro. Um, but, you know, number 10 right now, one and one. Um, yeah, there we go. Moving down six spots to number nine. Now, this is another one where I say, not necessarily how I feel about the team on paper, but just more so how the team has actually performed the first two weeks in trends. He's 0-2. Um, it wasn't, you know, absolutely like his complete fucking fault. Um, like, I understand his logic behind his, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's you have to pick what you think. I was under the impression we were probably going to get a shootout in that Chiefs-Chargers game. That's what I think everybody wants. You can get two high-powered offenses like that. Um, but another thing not to discredit about Truns, which is why I feel good about him, is he's put up, like, 350 points from back-to-back weeks. It's not like the team is shit. It's just he's gotten the unlucky fucking end of the fucking twig and who he's playing. Regardless, though, 0-2... Still needs that first win, I think, um, but it will it will come. You know what I mean? It's not like he's got a team that's very much hanging on for dear life. This is a good team. It's just a matter of it coming together for him and getting a good matchup for once on who he's playing and someone that's not going to, you know, put up more than 350 fucking points when the rest of the league is probably averaging under 350 points. You know what I mean? So it's a little unlucky for trends there, but full faith in the kid, like I said. Uh, moving down four spots to number eight, we got Neller. And I mean, unfortunate for Neller out there, truly, that Ryan Tannehill just really just threw that fucking game away from him last night. Um, it's not the best situation if you're Neller, but it's like, you got to understand, yeah, you were going against Lamar, and yeah, maybe two uh, 81 points won't happen, but too often. But, like, you got to look at it in the fucking sense that there also are other fucking things that went wrong. Jerry Judy fucking dropped, like, in the first fucking play of the game. I do not have any doubt that Jerry Judy could have got 30 yards in that football game and gave Neller a win. You know what I mean? So, on top of a lot of things, I think that overall, Tannehill shit in the bed, Jerry Judy getting hurt, didn't really fucking get the same output you got from uh, Chase Edmonds last week, like alone the difference in Chase Edmonds' points was what cost him the win. And I think that this is not at all a panic situation for Neller. You know what I mean? I think they're just looking at last week, barely lost a game where it was probably winnable. And I feel like his team more all around played a little better. Um, But it was more so like, guess it's kind of how fantasy works. And it's, you are going to lose games like that. But they aren't games to panic about. It's mainly the point I'm trying to hammer home here for Neller. Um, it was a very winnable game and just didn't seem to happen. You know, when it those games do fucking stink, but Neller is a champion. <laughs> Neller knows you got to fucking get off the horse and move on to the fucking next fucking rodeo, brother. Let's ride. Yeehaw. Now, moving up two spots from nine last week, we got Rich. And you know what? 2-0 on the year for Rich, and um, I think that you just got to look at that and be 
pretty excited if you're him because losing Trey Lance is a big deal. So I think that having those extra two wins off the rip is going to, you know, go a long way. Um, should be getting Michael Pittman back this week as well. Traylon Burks, whenever he's on the field, he seems to just get the ball. It's just he doesn't get maybe the majority snaps or whatever. I had to look at the snap numbers. I was looking at some of them from games, but I didn't see that Titans-Bills one. But I know that they were just having a couple packages for him to focus on whenever he would be in the game with those packages. He would be the main target, the hot route, whatever you want to call it. But definitely good for him. Chris Olave is a monster. And I'm not just saying this, but Legro, no, fuck, I can't. Richards is very, very unlucky to not be on waiver wire this week. That's all I can say. Chris Olave probably had about 250 yards of in air yard targets. Like the guy was getting literal bombs thrown to him all night that were missing by very little. And just watching that game just shit in my pants every time that ball went in the air because I knew Olave was on the other. He very easily could have went for like 90 plus points this week. Like they very much had him in positions they wanted. It was just the fact of Jameis maybe playing injured and missing the throws. I don't know exactly what it was, but let's just say this game could have been a lot worse for the Cats. Um, why I'm technically not like the most pissed about it because I do know like all weekend I was telling myself how fucking lucky I was that Chris Olave literally only ended up with like, I'm pretty sure he had like 21 point. Let's see. I don't know exactly yet, but he had 27 points. He had 13 targets and five catches. So he had eight targets that didn't go his way. Like whatever the case were, but like, man, I could tell you at least four of those were bombs down the field that weren't that fucking bad far off. But that's why I, I look at Rich's team and there are some fucking good things to look at. Like Rashad Bateman has been fucking phenomenal through first two weeks. Like I wouldn't say like I expected him to be a big play guy. Just like I would more so expect him to be a chain mover for Lamar slash something like that. But I know that's kind of Andrew's deal. But at the same time, man, Bateman has really, really, really impressed. Rich hit the nail there. Michael Pittman is obviously Michael Pittman. You've seen what he can do. So it seems like the young receiver strat worked out for Rich. He's going to have to hold off on that QB2 until Deshaun gets back. But overall, I think Rich can be pretty happy where he's at to start of the year. Moving up four spots last week from number 10, Beferley at number 6. Another 2-0 team. Um, and doing so by having to battle a little bit of some tough QB play for the first two weeks. But... I mean, you know, Fields 25 week one, still not that good though, but for someone you expect to be running and et cetera. Very good game from Devonta Smith last night. Really good to see him bounce back. T. Higgins, obviously good to see him back on the field. 30 points. Um, Stephon Diggs is probably the best receiver in fantasy right now. He's very close with him and Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson, but I think that those guys, those guys are top three probably. I mean... Stephon Diggs is literally Josh Allen's favorite fucking target in an offense where they don't care how many times they throw the ball. And, I mean, the deep ball threat and everything, like, I mean, the numbers through the first two games speak for themselves. I don't think it's an outlandish take to say he is a top three receiver in fantasy. I mean, 
like through two games, he has 23 targets, 20 catches, 270 yards, and four touchdowns. I, yeah, it's pretty fucking phenomenal. Um, and it's not really like he didn't go against who many consider to be one of the best corners in the league in week one. So how much is who he's lining up against going to matter if he just torched Jalen Ramsey for 50 points in week one? You know what I mean? So it's going to be something to keep an eye on. I'm not saying you're going to get 50 points every week from Diggs, but man, I definitely consider him in that almost fucking picking myself for not picking him at the top of round two, put it that way, instead of DeMont. But just move on from that shit, dog. Very good for Furley, liking the squad. Moving down three spots from last week would be Bruce. And, I mean, ultimately, the thing that I think is really going to hold Ben's team back is if pretty much the Bills will continue not to run that ball. Matt Ryan struggles. And when will Keenan Allen and Renfro be back? So there are some things that he's dealing with. However, Ben has fucking good depth. Um, he has running backs on the bench that he could plug in if he needed. Like, he has Jarek McKinnon on the bench. He has Zach Moss on the bench. Has a backup quarterback in Cooper Rush, for now at least, right? Jacoby Myers, Jarvis Landry, George Pickens, who has been repeatedly talked about as them trying to get him involved. And, you know what I mean? Nelson Aguilar had a fucking massive week last week. So I think he's still got guys on that bench that he can definitely work with. Um, I have heard him talk about he is heavily considering switching up the team in a big way. Um which is why I also kind of didn't lead him in power rankings because I think maybe this week we could see some moves coming with his team, but and I'm not really sure what team he's actually going to end up with by the end of this week. So that's another thing. But I think Ben's, you know, it's not like he's 0-2. Um, it's not like he hasn't put up fucking points, you know what I mean? Uh, he's actually got the most points in his division, and I'm pretty sure he has, like, the fourth most points in the entire league, points four. So it's not, like, the worst fucking case scenario for Ben, but it's just, like, couple things haven't went his way lately, so he's got to hopefully find a way to make uh, do with those and recover for the points that Matt Ryan cost, I guess. Uh, moving up one spot after a win last week would be Brody. Um, it definitely, besides, you know, but like Lamar, Andrews, and Jeff Wilson, those were the three big guys for me that really performed well, and I mean, you would expect so, right? I mean, maybe not Jeff Wilson. I mean, obviously, yeah, he's, he's a player, but... Um, I think it's always a toss-up with that Niners backfield, what you can truly expect. So when you do get a good game like that from one of the guys who, you know what I mean, is one of the handcuffs, yeah, you fucking love that. Um, it was enough for the team to squeak it out. Um, very, very odd, um, you know, just because when you see someone like Derrick Henry on the team, you're expecting at least, like, 30-point performances from him. And, I mean, I... It's been a little tough to start, but um, I think down the road, schedule will probably slim out and be a little easier there. So um, week six by also could maybe help get them on track a little earlier. But like I said, like it's not the complete worst because even so, Jamar Chase only had, what, 17 and a half points last week. You know, that's not going to happen every week. So even in Neller's case where he had some things not go his way, Brody also very much so the same. Um, which is why it's kind of like a toss-up for that game last week. But like you said, um, would be a very big game for Etienne. Depending on the game script, we expect it to have a certain this game to go a certain type of way. But um, something to keep an eye out on. Um, 
And besides that, like I feel also think that uh, Deontay Johnson has had a pretty lackluster season, and I think that his value will can will go up from here. I think that uh, he's way too good of a like you know what I mean like a player. I was always out on him, never a big Deontay Johnson guy. I've slowly started to turn the page on him, um, but a big part of it I think is that like he gets the targets, you know what I mean, and he has twenty two targets after two games. There's only two less than Stephon Diggs. So when Brody made that trade, it wasn't exactly like he was trading somebody that doesn't get that looks that Diggs does and everything. It's just you go, you know, obviously from Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen to Mitch Trubisky and Deontay Johnson. But it's just you're getting somebody who's getting the looks, somebody who's proven they can be a top 10 fantasy wide receiver with even lackluster quarterback play in Big Ben. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I don't know. I think I, I don't have any problems with Brody's team so far. Honestly, the only thing like that, is kind of holding them back would be just kind of waiting on Rondale and Nuke because those guys coming in give him a little more flexibility with his lineup and probably an ability to make a couple more trades and improve. But I think until that happens, that's still in a pretty spot. And Alagier got work last week as well, which was really good to see. Um, and you know what? It's not like it's something completely to be worried about because I'd say three yards of carry against the Rams in your first career NFL game isn't, you know, bad. I, you know what I mean? I say it looked at, honestly probably better than I thought. Put it that way. And um, I think ultimately that like you have pieces that you can plug in. You have pieces that you can rely on. You can't write off Derrick Henry any week. I don't care how you know it goes. No matter how bad the Titans look, whatever. A big part of this is going to be just having patience with that and seeing how that goes. But when you have, like, a wide receiver one like Jamar Chase and a quarterback slash running back like Lamar, uh, Derrick Henry, um, and I don't really think Michael Carter gets phased out of an offense completely. Like, obviously, maybe you won't get 35 points a week from him. But I also don't think that Brees Hall completely dominates the backfield every week. So I think that's kind of more also a game script type of look at it. And I don't know. I'm not even out on Michael Carter at all. Overall, I I think Brody definitely is like a borderline, like he could push for a top three team in the next month, I'd say. Especially when he starts getting more of these guys coming back. Uh, Rondale could be back from, uh, who knows, maybe fucking this week to the next fuck to when Duke's back. You know what I mean? But regardless is when these guys come back, it gives them way more flexibility to do stuff with the team. And that's, to me, exciting if you're him. So... Uh, moving up five spots, back to the top three where we had them preseason. Knack and man, isn't this fantasy football shit fucking insane? Um, it's crazy to me how like Acres is in the doghouse and the the joke of fantasy football last week, and then a week later he comes out and he out touches Daryl Henderson. Kind of shows you never fucking know what to expect in fantasy football, right? And Knack started him. And he put a fucking meme, me fucking starting Cam Akers, but the clown. And you know what, man? It worked out. I'm not going to say it worked out amazing, but he got 17 points, which is probably, I'd say, like 14 more points than he would expect. So I'm going to say that, like, on top of everything else, Tyreek, to me, earlier in that game, I was having I was having concerns, honestly. Um, I, just because... In that fucking week one, it wasn't, it didn't seem the same as like a fucking Tyreek getting a fucking maybe two or three bombs, four bomb targets a game. I was, 
I didn't want Miami to use Tyreek just as a decoy, as something to open up more underneath for Tua. Wasn't the case. Tyreek is still Tyreek. And it, you know what I mean? It opens the question up in a lot of fucking minds is if this guy can do this, you know, for Tua, he is just an absolute fucking beast. There was a lot of people who thought it was a combination of Mahomes and Tyreek. Don't get me wrong, it is what it is. But I think more and more to an extent, you see, I think some people thought, you know, Tyreek's that fast receiver. Sure, he's one of the shiftiest guys the league has ever seen. But when you have a fucking arm like Mahomes, and you can do it, it doesn't matter with Tyreek, man, because he is fucking different. And it's not like Tua has an arm that's going to throw it 70 yards and hit, you know, him on the nose. There was even some balls that look a little underthrown sometimes, but it doesn't matter just because Tyreek already has so much space between him and the corner. You can afford to underthrow the ball for three yards sometimes. You know what I mean? Um, I was a little concerned. I'm not going to lie. Just at the beginning of that game, and then he started catching bombs. And um, I have no worries about Tyreek. I think that Brandon Ayuk is also going to be on the come up. I think Jimmy G has shown a lot more rapport with fucking Brandon Ayuk than Trey Lance has. That's great for Ayuk. MT has honestly looked fucking good. Top 20 fantasy wide receiver as of right now, just under 30 points in back-to-back weeks. Then Garrett Wilson. Fuck, I don't even want to get into it that much because it hurts, but wide receiver fucking what? 11 on the year right now. He has 22 targets through two games. So that'll put you right on fucking par with like who? Like fucking Tyreek, Stephon Diggs, like all those guys. Um, And there's no denying the talent. I, I call them baby digs for a reason. And this guy just creates separation. He's unbelievable. He just really reminds me of Stephon Diggs. Um, and you know what, man? This might be the hottest fucking take. You know? But there is a part of me, this isn't salt or not. I feel Gary Wilson to be really good. But there is a part of me that has a genuine concern. And I don't know if this is just what makes me think this, but there's a genuine concern that I think that Joe Flacco is better than Zach Wilson. And I think that Zach Wilson could literally make this offense worse going forward from a fantasy perspective. Because, I don't know, man, I'm just looking at it from a fucking stat standpoint, and it's not even like fucking Flacco hasn't been able to support fantasy wide receivers, and uh, should be mentioned that he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback right now. He's actually quarterback nine. With five passing touchdowns and one interception and over 600 yards through two weeks. He's been good. I don't know if Zach Wilson has it in him to ever be a top 10 fantasy quarterback this year. It's a genuine concern, I'm being honest. And you know what, man? There were fucking people in camp that would literally say that Flacco was looking better than Wilson. So, I don't know. Take with that as you fuck. I said it again. And I was going to say, I wasn't going to fucking say it again, but I said it. Do with that information as you must. Um, but good for Nock, happy for him. Uh, number two, like I said, I can get fucking ripped for it. I don't care. Uh, I'm still in on the dog fucker train. And until this team goes on like maybe a six game losing streak and the week one was just the biggest fluke and I maybe just get the unluckiest game of all fucking time happen to me in week one. Maybe that was just the case. I wouldn't doubt it. We don't get much shit going our way nowadays in Albany. We really don't. We got rats running in the sewers. We got fucking snakes coming up our toilet fucking sink. Whatever the our toilet fucking sewers. I don't know what the fucking wants to do, man. I got Tom Brady going to take a fucking shit outside in the fucking porta potty now because every time he gloops inside to the facilities, he's got a fucking 
finds fucking shit coming up from the sewers. Albany don't get much going their way. We might be losing people because of how fucking rough our talent is, how rough our facility is. We're just a gritty fucking fantasy football team. When I fucking go out there and I fucking tell you that I think a team that has no running backs is a lot better than us, fucking tell you what you need to know. Um, Joe Burrow, obviously, uh, that was, like, not what you expect. He's been pretty disappointing this year, just from a football standpoint, not fantasy. Fantasy, he's still QB10, so you know what I mean? He's getting away with his lackluster performances. Um, but uh, personally, just me, if I am Sandy, what I have done, I've said it before, what I, what I would have done from the early jump is I would go and make an offer for Stephon Diggs and give one of my receivers for him. Whether it's Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, Jefferson, I don't have any of them really that much different like than Diggs. I think Diggs is better than Devontae Adams, but I, like like but maybe by like one or two receiver spots, it's not like that, you know what I mean? Like huge of a difference. I'd be fine with either of them as wide receiver one on my fantasy team. But I think that Cooper Cup and Justin Jefferson are much more on an equal level with Diggs. Which is so I don't know. It'll be something to think about. But you have Josh Allen, so you could literally have the best arguably best stack in fantasy football. So, um, fuck, man, I don't know. It's going to stop you from trading Joe Burrow and something for Matt Stafford. Get that Matt Stafford fucking Cooper Cup and Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs fucking stack. That's what I'd fucking be going for. And number one, uh, undefeated is Moose and the champ and all that. Um... This one was a very tough one for me to put Moose at one. Um, it's not even like I think he is better than the other two and O teams. As of right now, I think that there's a pretty good chance that he can have a little more balance on his on his lineup. Uh, I think that maybe a part of that is the fact that I know that he's missing Dak right now, and you know he's having to run with fucking Trubisky, and I know that's gonna hurt C D Lamb. And Mike Williams fucking looked really good. Amandra St. Brown is a fucking stud. He's wide receiver four. And remember when I fucking said at the beginning of the year, I don't think Moose is drafting Amandra St. Brown to give him that fucking wide receiver two down the stretch level of production. Like, like not wide receiver two on fantasy, like on your team. Like, wide receiver two in all fantasy is what he was down the stretch. And he's wide receiver four now. So he's still the same. Well, at least it looks like it. And that is fucking unbelievable if you're Moose. That is just the best news you could ever imagine. Um, and I think that, like, Dalvin Cook struggling is not a huge big deal when he did good in week one. Um, don't agree with giving Dalvin Cook six touches in a game at all. I think that's just dumb. You will lose a lot of football games if that's your plan. Um, but on another thing, like, the Derek Carr and Darren Waller stack seems to be working out for moves. There's a lot of things that, you know, have been panning out for him. He's 2-0. and all. I will put this disclaimer out and leave you guys with this note. Every team that is 2-0 in this league, I will say this. All three of those teams are in the bottom three for points against. None of them have hit 600 points against. So under 300 points per week scored against them. And... Besides Richards, Furley and Moose also are yet to hit 700 points on the year. Uh, when we have teams like, 
Actually, there's not that many teams that have, to be honest. Now that I look, there's four. We have Sandy, the Flemings, and Rich. But it's still something to keep an eye out on. It's still early in the year. Basically, how your your opponent plays in these first two weeks is a pretty big um, indicator of your record. So, yeah. I was rambling enough for this episode, so I'm going to fucking leave y'all. And I'll see you next week. Good luck this week, unless you have two attack of a Loa on your fantasy football team.